This content contains podcast. This adult. This, this adult contains, contains podcast content. content. <laughs> adult content, be advised. Enjoy the episode. My boob. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> it's the right one, if you must know. I'm Elsie. I'm Meg. I'm Laura. And we are the Thoughts of Thoughts TV. <laughs> are we? Is that the agreed upon? The Thoughts. Well, you you joined this after it had been named, so you had, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had the chance. I just didn't know that, that we were the Thoughts. When you say she had the chance, do you mean that when she joined, she had the chance to rename it? Just to not join. Oh, yeah. No, that's very <laughs> fair, yeah. Well, yeah, obviously we're the thoughts because it's thoughts TV. Yeah, In- imagine how left out you'd feel if Elsie said, "Me and Meg are the thoughts, and you're just someone <laughs> who I'm tags the, I'm along the, with the thumb." The TV. <laughs> In Tots TV, they're uh, they're the tots, aren't they? And I, there's three of them. I'm a tot, just we the tot, teeny tot, and tiny. No, teeny Tom and tiny, isn't it? I have no idea. I've never seen it. Well, eventually you yeah, will. Yeah, eventually. This is a special episode. This is a departure from normal programming. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, CITV has departed from normal programming as well. You, well. Oh, don't spoil it, Yes, <laughs> episode. Everyone is, knows. You know what TOTS TV broadcast on? CITV. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, inspired by you watched it live. I watched the disembarkment of CITV. Live. What live? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Why? Um because I was at my boyfriend's house and I think he just read on Twitter or something that it was happening. I didn't hadn't actually known beforehand that it was happening. For some reason it's slipped slipped by me and he was like, Oh, should I put it on and we'll see what happens? So we watched the last fifteen minutes of a TV of a cartoon, I can't remember the name of it, but Johnny Vegas. I know what it yeah, was. Voice the yeah. main character. It was actually quite good. I really enjoyed it. Then it played the, then it played the last roll of ads, and then their CITV is going online, kind of just on a roll. loop. Yeah, not on a loop. They played it like three times, and then the channel was decommissioned and it was wow. brought off the air. I was going to say it's weird for. It's not weird for you to be out of the loop, considering we don't watch much children's TV, but actually we we do consume quite a bit of children's TV, no, but exactly. none of it is live. Like, because when CBeebies was being axed, I guess, I knew about that before it yeah. happened, but I found out about this 15 minutes before it happened. So I was not going to lead with this, but I feel like maybe it's appropriate now. Um, this is the memorial episode for <laughs> CITV. If you hadn't already guessed. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and... I have got, I'm quoting directly from ITV's, sorry, CITV's Wikipedia page here. I'm going to say what they said about um, the death, the final few moments of CITV. Death rattle. Oh, you know what, actually? Play the sad music. The CITV channel closed at 9pm on the 1st of September 2023. The last programme to air on the channel was an episode of The Rubbish World of Dave Spud, titled Moonbreaker, 
The channel then closed shortly afterwards with a loop informing its viewers that its content could now be seen on ITVX. So that was the last few moments. It was a good episode. On ITV. Yeah. I'd actually, I would watch more of it. I was reading about, <laughs> about this show, The Rubbish World of Dave Spud, and it sounds awesome yeah it was good it's set in grimsby in a tower block yeah it is. and <laughs> philip glenister plays the mum oh really <laughs> i'm gonna read you the cast list How actually i i googled it to see if i was right about it being johnny vegas and completely glanced over philip glenister <laughs> so grimsby is in their neck of the woods that's why they reacted like that if you didn't know just it's just a barren wasteland Hey. It's the well, punching bag of your area. It is the punching bag of our area. Dracula yeah. went there. Really? Yeah. Oh, right. right. I don't remember. <laughs> no, because you're thinking of Whitby. Yeah, I'm thinking of Whitby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just saying, I don't remember. Dracula yeah, didn't go yeah, to that, Grimsby. Very, yeah, they've really built a brand off of Dracula landing in Grimsby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, right, someone write that. Someone yes. write that. <laughs> So, the voices of Johnny Vegas, Lisa Hammond, Philip Glenister, Arthur Smith, Jane Horrocks, Gina Yashmir, Adam Gillen, David Holt, and Ikea Henry. Ikea Henry? Ikea. Okay. Not Ikea. The wonderful everyday. Ikea. (laughs) (laughs) The music is by Basement Jacks. Yeah, that's why it was good. It's It's good. It sounds like something I would watch. It's, um... It's described as a corporate drama. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's described as sitcom fantasy and deadpan humor. Yeah. Oh well, when he puts it on for us to see the end, the end, the demise, I didn't actually expect to sit and watch <laughs> what was on, but yeah. I did. <laughs> Just a quick aside: ITVX so far not not been a great service. Well, a complaint that people have had about. Uh, CITV moving on there is now it's called um, ITVX Kids. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the collaboration between (laughs) children and ITV. (laughs) Or porn for kids. That's what it sounds like, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like like fan fiction between ITV and children. It's just a very unsavoury yeah, sounding name. I don't. I think it's really badly judged. Actually, no one young in, at all was involved in that. Like no one. Why they- is it called ITVX? I sort of think the reason I didn't even hear about this is because, like, as a child, I wasn't a CITV child, and as an adult, I'm not an ITV adult. I love Island. <laughs> I didn't think that I was a CITV child, and then I read a list of their shows. I would I would put it on to watch certain shows. I remember, but I wouldn't have it running in the background. I would always have um, CBBC. I was the, in the same, background. and then I saw how many shows they did, and this is like going back, like Hard back Henry. to the eighties. So Hard like Horrid Henry was were alive. Well, exactly, but like so many very famous shows are on here. I'm going to list them for you, right? Are you ready? Yes. My Parents Are Aliens, Jungle Run, Sooty, Rosie and Jim, Tots TV, Rainbow, Worst Witch, Danger Mouse, Wurzel Gummidge, Kipper, Horrid Henry, Fireman Sam, Thomas and Friends, Miffy, Every Version of Scooby-Doo, Grizzly Tales for Gruesome Kids, Art Attack, Bernard's Watch, Bananas in Pyjamas, 
Ben 10, Count Ducula, Curious George, Fraggle Rock, The Wombles, Megan Mark, Paddington, and they also gave the world Stephen Mulhern. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to gasp in the middle of your list if that was picked up, but I forgot about Kipper. Yeah, Kipper! I, I know, I know. It's a bunch of those that I don't recognise at all. Well, when I yeah, read... Is there a bunch you do? Less than half? I recognise yeah, all of them. because you had Nickelodeon. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Nick Jr. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and Disney Channel. All well, yeah, of them. We had we had Sky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I found out that they did all of those, I was like, "What the fuck did CBBC even broadcast?" Mm. Like they had Thomas and Friends. The Scooby Doo ones. Well, I guess that the, there's a few that there were um, licensed them from overseas because, like Ben Ten. Yes, a lot of those were not. Yeah, ITV originals. Yeah. but a lot of stuff was on ITV, which is. I loved Art Attack. Like, oh yeah. Super. I also I will just put it out there. I didn't realize when I was a kid that having Sky wasn't what norm like the norm. Like I thought everyone had Sky. <laughs> yeah, they did. CRTV did broadcast some things that like, like um. When Laura uh, was talking about Fairly Odd Parents, and you'd never heard of it, but I was like, "Oh, I must." Oh, I've I've been heard of. <laughs> You've been informed. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm I'm familiar. When she first brought it up, you didn't know what it was. This is ages ago, not on the pod, just in conversation. Oh. You didn't know what it was. Oh right, okay. And I'm right, aren't I? I? I think I remember the first time you weren't sure what it was, because and then I was we told like, you, and you're like, "Oh, that one." I was, I was like, it must have been on Freeview at some point because I remember watching it. And like some shows that like my boyfriend's been rewatching Recess, and I remember I was like I remember this, but he must have watched it on Disney Channel on, on Nick Junior or something like yeah. that. But it was also broadcast. It, it on makes CITV. sense that they would be licensed to local British yeah ch- uh, programs as well as. Well, it's interesting you say that because for a while in the early two thousands, though just before CITV became its own channel, um, there was talk of a merge between Nickelodeon and ITV's children's block of programming. Right. Um, And that it was sort of going backwards and forwards and it got too complicated and they decided that they wanted their own channel and it just, it didn't happen in the end. So um, I wasn't actually going to mention that because I've got a very abbreviated history of CITV right here. Are you happy to hear about that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. I can't hear you. (laughs) This is a, a very brief history of children's programming on ITV. So the idea for networking for children went back as far as the 70s, but the idea was to have it different in each region. So meaning like within, I'm assuming within the UK, like north, yes, south, within east, west. Yeah. So you okay. know how we've got like local news. Yeah. Meg. I'm just clarifying. Yeah, CITV's different in France. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to check. I love that France was the first one you went to. Um, Country, France. First one I can think of that speaks a different language and doesn't have ITV. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, the announcing would be done by the local announcers. Uh, You know, the people that would do the... Well, it was... No, it would have been cheaper, actually, because yeah. local TV is cheaper because okay. it's a smaller right. production. Right. But yeah, so it was going to have um, like very prevalent regional identities and each show would be announced by the local announcer in each region. Um, that idea was stalled until the 80s because on Thursdays, um, ITV regions were able to choose their own programming. 
Oh, that's and, cool. That's interesting. Yeah, and many chose not to show kids stuff. A lot, what a lot of them did was they would have like Looney Tunes. Right. Or it's Looney Tunes, actually, isn't it? <laughs> Looney Tunes. <laughs> One Looney Tune. <laughs> so it was, yeah, they chose to like do cartoons, but not necessarily stuff programmed for kids and certainly not stuff that was um, self-commissioned. Right. Because children are not a lucrative market at all. Because of because a lot of these regions didn't necessarily show kids stuff, or they showed their own thing. It was it wasn't consistent up and down the country for all the kids. Basically, like there was some concern that it wasn't consolidated enough. Basically, right. so it got stalled until the eighties, and then in nineteen eighty, ITV made a more concerted effort to get it more consistent across the country. So. Uh, in 1980, you got a block of programming called Watch It! Exclamation mark. And that was from 4.15 <laughs> to 5.15 every weekday. And that is what kids got oh, on like post, ITV. Post-school telly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then something interesting happened. BBC in 1985 revamped CBBC. So what they did was they had live continuity announcing from children's presenters in a studio like very much like what we have now yeah. so like the occasional puppet um the same the same set every time and it was nicknamed the broom cupboard yeah you heard of the broom cupboard yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, a lot of people who went on to have very successful careers started their careers in the broom cupboard. and you know who the first one was i'm sure i do philip schofield ah yes yes <laughs> so itv copied that in 1987, uh, Gary Terza and Debbie Shaw started presenting live links in a very similar way for CITV. That was how that block was uh, presented and structured until CITV became a thing. So it was the children's block called Watch It, and then CITV happened in 2006. Wow. Yeah. So it became its own channel on Freeview in 2006. So the brand started existing in 2006 that's, if that makes that's sense so much later than i thought because that that might be why i didn't watch much because i was eight when that came out my brother would have been 10 so we didn't even make it to 20 years i know if you want to know about um the difference between citv and bbc i mean you can't base it on just one anecdote alone but you might be interested to know that on monday 19th of september 2022 my birthday but um, some people might not know that this was the Queen's funeral also. Yeah. Normal programming was replaced by ITV's London feed. Funeral feed. By, the, by the London feed, on yeah. On a kid's channel. On a kid's channel, Did yeah. CBBC do this? Nope. <laughs> CBBC did. <laughs> <laughs> Although, um, this is interesting, on... Se well, I guess you can be the judge of that. I think it's interesting. On the 2nd of September 2023, the morning after the closure of the CITV channel, ITV2 launched a new breakfast time block from 5am to 9am every day, featuring shows on ITVX Kids. So right. currently, this block seems to retain the CITV branding. It's just not on its own channel. So this... Uh, this block is replacing telly shopping and mm. reruns of shows including World's Funniest Videos and Love Bites. That, I guess, makes sense because 
imagine you've got like a really young kid who's up so me and my brother would on the weekends would be up way before our parents right and watch telly if you're young enough that you don't know how to get onto itvx that's that they probably thought that they would get even more backlash if they got rid of all live yeah children's broadcasting but that's what you said about being too young to get onto itvx that's a good point that people have spoken about like not all kids are online yeah not like not all households are capable so like yeah plus this forces them to be so like yeah yeah. it forces you to teach your child how to use the internet potentially (laughs) before you want to i mean like you're like a grandparent my grandparents have a smart tv but that's because my dad bought it for them it's also now really quite old so it might not actually because it it's not capable of now tv or disney plus it wouldn't surprise me if itvx didn't work on it either so itvx doesn't work there's that but it's really janky and i hate it it might that one probably just won't work on their telly in which case if my young cousins were there they couldn't access it i was talking to my mum about this as well and she said yeah but also it's just nice to watch things together yeah very difficult to do that if you've got to watch it on an ipad (laughs) like it's yeah I, i can't remember if it was you or me or who who we were talking to about like because everything's moving on to streaming the sort of collective watching that you get from live telly is disappearing like if the whole season's available people are going to be watching it at different rates you're not watching things all at the same time twitter is a spoiler place yeah. uh, i mean during periods where none of us are busy and that doesn't happen very much i love when we all get together and watch all the quizzes on a monday night yeah it's, i love that it is sort of it is sort of a a kick in the face really isn't it when you pay your license fee and then they're like also we're gonna take away any live children's broadcasting that you pay for like yeah. you pay to access the tv and then you've got to pay more i mean i know i know there's itvx but as we've said, the main issue with that is this isn't very user-friendly. It's terrible. You have to log in. Kids not going to be able to log in. <laughs> you do have to log into Netflix as well. Yeah, no, it's not no. just free. I know, I'm just... <laughs> I mean, I, we can talk more about the what we've lost because this is this is our memorial episode yeah. but do you want to know like... What we've gained? <laughs> oh, well, there, there are a few things. So, subtitles. A, kid, a kid slot on ITV2. Gained that. <laughs> Great. 5am. Brilliant. <laughs> so the only thing with that, yeah, you could put subtitles on. Maybe you could put audio description on. That You're jumping ahead. Oh. You're, no, you've, you've got it. Cool. So Greg Childs of the Children's Media Foundation. His name is Greg Childs. Shout out, Greg. <laughs> Shout out, Greg. He said that ITV um, failed to invest in younger viewers from the very beginning. Um, and well, it which would... is why CBBC was always more popular. Yeah. Um, it would not build brand loyalty in an early stage um, and that children's programming was always loss-making. Loss-making? Loss-making. What is, what is it makes a, a loss. loss. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when CITV launched as a standalone channel in 2006, the company was spending about $35 million a year on children's programming. Um, before it um, closed down this year, it was only spending a couple of mil- million every is that year it? yeah so it's mostly reruns then yeah 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 there is a place for that but yeah sure and so some people yeah the place for that is itvx so the only thing with that like is that when you put on freeview or whatever and it's just you're just putting what's on 
You don't have to make a choice. It's just there. The thing is, there's even in kids' TV, there's like the prime commissioning slots. Yeah. So like when we were kids, there used to be TV shows that like Spartacle Mystery used to air at like eight o'clock or seven. What a moment in the culture. And then like when things were airing, like Young Dracula used to air at like four or five, something like that. Yeah. Like I remember the slots that things used to have because even though it's kids TV, there are there are the prime commissioning yeah, slots. Yeah. So you're if you if you really bought into it and you really tried hard with it, you could you could make things really successful because shows have been really successful. And then you run the reruns during the day and yeah. For outside, the yeah, for the sick kids and outside of the prime commissioning <laughs> slots. But some of the weirdest shit I watched was just reruns while I was off sick. Yeah, me too. Watch my charts. Watch my. Charts. I don't know why that one really sticks in my head for when I was, <laughs> it was sick. So weird. Yeah, but it was good. It was so yeah. good. So uh, a lot of people have blamed the 2006 ban on advertising junk food to children because it reduced budgets. I don't understand that as an argument because the channel launched in 2006. Yeah. So they, I don't know about that. It should have been that. in their business model from the get-go. We can't advertise junk food. We have to find kid-friendly advertisers, which there's tons of. Were they ever advertising junk food on kids' channels? Well, or I was... was it the ad- t- having to take ad- advertising out of kids' slot, like daytime TV, that and that, that money then... The money they got from that, then there was less funding because they basically couldn't advertise junk food at all. Uh, I remember McDonald's adverts. There was adverts on CITV, but I was going to ask Laura because Laura knows more about this than I do. I know, I know there was ads, but they because it started in two thousand six, there would never have been junk food ads on there anyway. So that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about being on regular ITV, not having a general cut in money across. The ITV, sure, yeah, yeah. using the ITV, cross ITV. Yeah, you know, so kids advertising in the UK, we have like really strict rules that I'm super in support of. You have to have X amount of content to a very small amount of advertising. So kids adverts in the UK, if you have a 10 minute long program, you can only have something like three minutes of adverts. Really it might be a little bit more than that, but like... Yeah, that that seems like a lot to me, Yeah, that's personally. a regular, that's a regular break. No, so, yeah, I'm trying to think of... There's a percentage amount, and it's it's quite short. Maybe it's a minute and a half for 10 minutes or something. Per X amount of kids' TV, you can only have a very small amount of advertising, and the list of things you can advertise are really restricted. Because, I mean, that makes sense. Like, junk food, I, that's probably along a bunch of other stuff that you had to stop advertising, right? Because you had to have advertising that was relevant to children. Like, you couldn't be advertising to their parents while watching it with them. Like, you can't do that. That's why the, uh, the adverts that stick out are usually, like, the longer ones about one product. Because that was safe. That was easy. Almost like telemarketing it was. Yeah. Because they're, they're, they'll pay quite a bit for those slots. And they'll advertise them a lot to get into kids' minds so they remember to ask for them. That kind and of that's thing. allowed, is it? Yeah, that's yeah. allowed. As long as your adverts are only small percentage of the runtime. Like, technically speaking, a lot of like kids YouTubers break UK laws for how much they're actually talking oh, about. Of course they yeah. do, yeah. So like, if you have a 20 minute long YouTube video and you have 
more than a third of that is advertising. You you're subject to a really 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 steep fine in the UK, but it's it's a hard place to regulate. So, so with it being on ITVX now, presumably they will have to stick to those same laws. Yeah. Also, because it's such a jank service, especially their adverts. I feel like that's going to break it. I see so many <laughs> so many Domino's adverts on ITVX. Oh yeah. And I'm like, they, I I really hope that they've well. No, it's Channel eat. Four, isn't it? Where you get all the Domino's adverts. Just Eat is a lot. Just Eat, okay. Um, Cores, no, that's... That's that's Channel Channel 4 comedy. (laughs) Um, I used to hate kids... I mean, I hate ads anyway, but that I think that was one of the main reasons I was part of CITV, because I hated having to sit through ads to watch a TV show. Mm, When I could just watch CBBS. Yeah. (laughs) Or CBBC, I guess. Yeah. Product placement is illegal in kids' content. Completely illegal. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, yeah. yeah. And I think it's totally fair. You cannot, because as adults, we understand that when we see, this is the first one that comes to mind, James Bond holding a Heineken, we understand what they're doing. Whereas a kid is not expected to understand that, like, they, they will genuinely think that the person, like, whatever, like Ben 10, he's holding a fucking Heineken. They will think. That Ben 10 loves Heineken. They won't know necessarily that Heineken has paid for it to be there, right? Yeah. Whereas, so it's just completely illegal in kids' TV. The government provided £44 million of public funding over three years through the Young Adults Content Fund. So this was designed to help children's brands. Sorry, um, commercial brands is what I meant to say. Um, However, last year that fund was axed. The Tories, I guess. Yeah. It's just, it's it's very sad. It's really sad. They love their rich mates more than they like poor kids. But ITVX has said that it will apparently double its kids' content online. So there will be over 100 shows, over a 1,000 hours of programming, and that's including comedy, animation, game shows, live action, sport, whatever. It also claims to have subtitles on all of its content and 20% of it will be audio described. How much do you want to bet? Like, this is, I know this has happened in other TV programming, but especially the animation is going to be cheap, barely tried, and absolutely crushing the lives of the animators that are forced to produce it as quickly as possible. That sounds like most animation, so yeah. There's There's been a particular move lately where it's got, like, the streaming services are pushing it even further and it's all getting lower quality because they're giving them less time, less money, less care because they the animation is easy, quote unquote. Like it's easy yeah. to produce an animated show versus live action because you can hire a smaller number of people and push them to the yeah, fucking Yeah, like limit. what are the chances that there's going to be a really great children's drama that debuts on ITV? X kids like i mean itv never really did dramas that's more of a cbbc thing i think but like what's a children's drama spartacle mystery spartacle mystery i don't know what that is Uh, oh we should do it yeah we really should i never finished it though sarah jane adventures is kind of a well it's a sci-fi but whatever um young dracula what was that one with wolf um, blood him off it oh the thing is young dracula was more of a Drama comedy, wasn't it? The one with him off of Raven. What was that one called? Millie. Ma- oh, um, Millian. <sighs> yeah, Molly that- and Mac. Molly and Molly and Mac. Mac. And that was a CBeebies drama. It yeah, was, it, it was. If you watch yeah. episodes, it was good, but it was a, it was all, 
it was a bit um coronation street for kids it was it was it was actually lovely it was a really really nice show it was balamori with structure and relationships <laughs> i feel like it would be quite difficult to make a children's drama because like how invested do children get oh tracy beak is a drama people well, i was gonna say that's also funny though yeah people but, loved spartacle mystery they loved young dracula they loved uh, okay. wolf blood was huge not to tap into my degree <laughs> But You're going to start speaking Spanish? You've got to no, no, use no. it for One something, One of the things Meg. that we, we learnt is that nowadays people are very, very, or becoming very, very uninterested in things that are pure drama. Right. So things can be drama and have comedy in them because nobody wants to watch something that is just drama. Things have got to be a bit funny as well or people don't want to watch them. So loads of drama films are made, but hardly any of them are popular like so all the like best films ever they're all com- i can't remember the exact start on this so you can't quote me but it's like they're really um easy to like not commission but like make because they're really simple they're mm. dramas but they're not very popular yeah, at all because they're dour and humorless yeah, yeah. So i mean loads of drama films and drama Dramas are more common in TV shows anyway. They're more popular in TV shows, but drama films, loads of them exist, but they're not very popular at all. It's always been the case, though, hasn't it, that the most successful dramas on TV have also been remembered as very funny. Mm -hmm. Like The Sopranos is funny. There's humour in it. Like uh, Mad Men, there's there's humour in it. People like to laugh and cry. The Shakespeare tragedies are funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like... I mean, maybe not if you read them at school, but if you yeah. go and see them, they are because they have to be. Otherwise, otherwise, who wants to sit through it? Yeah, this was, is this has been known, and uh, kids' TV has done yeah, this really so well as the, well. It's the same thing, really. I was going to say it feels like a like the purest genre film is kind of like has gone by the wayside for ages. But you just said Shakespeare wasn't even it, so it's like it's never really existed. Yeah, people, Pure genre stuff, just yeah. People don't want to watch things that are just totally unfunny. So there's a bunch of reasons why why CITV has been axed. Um, I don't really buy into the advertising one, mm. but the government fund being slashed, that makes a lot of sense. And another reason that's been given is the rise of streaming, well, yeah, which we're going to talk about. Kids watching behaviour is radically different. Yes. Yeah. And so this is according to Barb. Barb. So Barb is the British, no, Broadcasting Audiences Research Board. So Barb are the people in the UK that monitor viewing. And according to them, average time spent by children watching telly declined by 62% since 2019. Wow. So that is the average number of minutes of broadcast TV watched by four-year-olds. It would be great if they were going outside, but that's not what's happening. <laughs> yeah, well, viewing has risen by 30%, suggesting a streaming trend, yeah. basically. Would you like to know how this board measures viewing figures? Yeah. yeah? So it's it's jointly owned by the BBC, ITV, Channel 4, Channel 5, Sky, um, the Institute of Practitioners in Advertising, because it's for advertising. It's yeah. so you know where to place your ads, basically. Okay. 
So viewers, participating viewers, have a box on top of their TV sets which tracks the programs they watch. They also have a special remote. They have special apps on all their devices. <laughs> yeah, it's the same as... Daddy's uh, special grown-up app. It's the same... The, it's, <laughs> it's the same as uh, the US has Nielsen's. Yes. Yeah. So the box records exactly what programs they watch. Um, the panellists indicate how many people are in the room by pressing a button on a remote. Um, the data is collected overnight and published at 9.30 the next day. Um, there's a button for like when they're going to make a cup of tea or when they're going to the toilet or something and they press it again when they come back. Mm. It's a, it's quite involved. So they currently have approximately 5,100 homes equating to about 12,000 individuals participating in the panel. It's not that many. Right. So yeah, so this means that with the UK population of about 65 million, according to the 2016 census, We're if about you must 66 know, yeah, now. each viewer with Barb represents over 5,000 people. Wow. Yeah. We should it's, apply. <laughs> it's not possible to volunteer. Oh. You have to be asked by Ipsos. So if one person tunes into Strictly Come Dancing on a Saturday night, they're representing 5,000 people doing right. the exact same thing. If they have a break in the middle, they are representing 5,000 people leaving in the middle of right. Strictly Come Dancing. Is so, this how they figure it out, that whole, um, you know, the, the phenomenon... Um no, the national grid figured that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the story. Oh, the people, uh, especially during, like, big events big sporting events and, and finales of things finales and like things that people used to watch a lot of like big brother or when britain's got talent was like really popular that kind of thing the national grid would have to compensate for the surge in electricity at breaks in the program when people would go to the kitchen put the kettle on and open the fridge and, that and sort of go to the loo. And go to the loo. Yeah. No, that it wasn't the box on top of the okay. Well, the well, TV that, that knew maybe, that it was maybe, a national grid that knew that. Maybe they were like, "Hey, Barb, this is why we don't have power cuts anymore." <laughs> hey, Barb, is is everyone doing the same thing? Is everyone like, "I'm going"? Has everyone pushed the button that says I'm going for a cup of tea? The thing is that will have ha they will have. I imagine, anyway, will have figured that out accidentally because it's not the sort of thing you predict when mm. techno technology advances gradually. They were like the first time anything big was broadcast and there was an ad break, and they won't have gone, "Oh, do you know what? In that ad break, everyone is going to go to their <laughs> kitchen." I, I doubt anyone thought of that. If you get chosen to participate, you are one in five thousand, mm. and if you if you choose to. You earn little vouchers for high street stores. Oh, <laughs> I want to be asked. Yeah, Ask but me. But it's a whole process. Like you have to, if if you like lose your remote or something, or you keep forgetting to press one particular button. Like there are four people whose mm. full time job it is to monitor for unusual behaviour and give you a little call to remind you. Right. I'm not being funny, but how am I going to lose the remote in this house? Well, there's literally one place it can be. The couch can eat it. Yeah, but I'll get it back. <laughs> just got to stick your hand in the couch, haven't you? Get yeah, it it's not something any of us want to do, but sometimes we have to. Yeah. So technically, Barb could, if they wanted to, um, document Netflix and Amazon Prime and all those things, mm. but they're not going to release that data because they've not been given the okay to do yeah, that. Netflix does not like sharing viewer numbers. No, it doesn't. No. But it doesn't need 
two, really. Weirdly, it's like viewer hours, not numbers, just like 9,000 hours of this episode has been watched or some stuff like that, which is an interesting interesting (laughs) metric to go with. Laura, I gave you the little task of <laughs> researching streaming. Task. Sorry, did you want a little task? No. Go no. make me some coffee. We, no. we know your role in this is to turn up with good chat. <laughs> you don't want to research nothing. I'm happy holding my boob. <laughs> yeah, yeah keep- Meg's holding her boob to stop it from hitting against the mic. Yeah. In case. <laughs> it's got a wide reach. Imagine. <laughs> Yeah, dear viewers, close your eyes and imagine. My boob. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> it's the right one, if you must know. <laughs> Take it away. Oh, yeah. So well, we were talking and I was like, oh, we we could talk about the history of streaming as, as it's switched to a streaming service. And I will say, I thought that the history of streaming would be more fascinating than it was. It, the history of streaming is a lot of like technology advances in like techie stuff. Like, I said to Elsie, I'll do this in chronological order, but the most important development, other than, like, the actual invention of the internet, but since then, is Adobe Flash. Like, Adobe Flash's invention was so important for how video and pictures and media lives online. But yeah, so, the history of streaming, like, the first thing that we would maybe recognize as a precursor to streaming actually is from 1888, sorry, 1881, Fuck me. Which it's called, and I might mispronounce this, so I'll show you guys and you can try it. Theatrophone. That sounds cool. Or theatrophone. Like theatrophone. Theatrophone. Cool. I like saying that. Theatrophone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and basically, um, what you could do is you could phone up this. Well, you'd phone in a, a line and you could listen to opera live down the phone oh i've heard of that <laughs> yeah. i have heard of that <laughs> i guess the closest that we have now is actually we we partook it partook partaked partook partook, partook. partook in this during covid is we watched theater performances live over zoom mm-hmm. which i guess would be the descendant of this uh that that operated until 1932 which i think is actually wow really cool. um i love that people loved opera enough that this was a lucrative business that they operated for 50 years uh and then the 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 rest of streaming is a lot of it is audio so most of it for a very long time is just audio streaming like there were these uh jukebox types companies where you'd have a device in your restaurant or whatever that had a line where you could ask the operator to play a particular song and that kind of thing and it continues as audio until sports became more of a thing that you wanted to do but again it wasn't streamed how we view it today it was more like on how to phrase this you were either listening live because you couldn't be there or later on it was like after the fact you could order it Right. And then so up until like, so the first actual streaming company in the UK, video on demand service was Kingston Communication. KCOM. 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 Shout out KCOM. (laughs) Which was a 1998 that launched. It was the first service and it just. Wait, it was the first service to what? Video on demand. So like. KCOM was the first. Yeah. yeah. And now. It owns Hull. Yeah. East Riding is slave to KCOM. Honestly, Hull is in the palm of 
big cake on. <laughs> what was the? What was the? Do you remember like the Martha era of Doctor Who and like the Torchwood era? Like, yeah, there was that company, wasn't there? That what was it called? There was like an era of Doctor Who that had like a company that kind of basically enslaved the human race, and I can't oh. remember how. And that's what East Yorkshire. Called, that is that is what KCOM reminds me of. Yeah, KCOM is the broadband provider. Of, and and much, much more. And much, much more of um, East Riding. And, you know, you either pay for BT or you have KCOM. And my family have been under the iron fist of KCOM <laughs> for basically as long as I've, I've been alive. No way. That's yeah. That's amazing. Do you want to know another thing that Hull gave the world? KCOM? Flat screen technology. Oh, yeah? The microcrystals were, I don't know if they were invented or discovered, because I don't know anything about them. Invented. Invented. Well, that happens in Hull University. You're fucking welcome. You are (laughs) fucking welcome. Um, Laura, with your fucking massive PC screen. Which is is LED. Apple, that came from Hull. Yeah, but without without the invention of flat screen technology, you wouldn't have it. It paved the way. Okay. You're fucking welcome. As if you guys don't have monitors. <laughs> You're fucking welcome, lah. But just imagine all those things that, like, all that flat screen has given us. Laura's reading off a flat screen right now. Wait, so basically, um, up until this, like, even in 1998, like, the issue with any kind of streaming is that CPU and bandwidth capabilities were just not up to par. Kapoo. Kapoo. <laughs> so you, you couldn't feasibly stream like we do today because what you'd be getting is one frame every like five hours like you just couldn't do it and like there were privacy things that they hadn't invented so it was more like you would so netflix started out as a dvd mail order service like and that's like just not boomerang what were they called blockbuster blockbuster (laughs) but mail order instead of have fun trip to the shop how quick to forget did become mail order as well i'm pretty sure you know there are still blockbusters that exist. There are still stores. Like power to them. <laughs> honestly, there's like two. Yeah. There, was, there was like a parody Twitter account called The Last Blockbuster and it was just deranged tweets from the staff that are still in there just slowly going crazy. Imagine working in the last black... The, the, the last <laughs> Imagine working in the last blockbuster. It'd be like being in a zombie apocalypse. It would. It's like It's like being on the front line. Yeah. You know those Japanese soldiers that they found wandering the woods who still thought that the war was on? (laughs) (laughs) Only if this last blockbuster is in the middle of the woods. (laughs) Why are there no customers? It's not enough nostalgia to justify going to a blockbuster. It's because no one has a VCR player anymore. We're a bit young as well to actually find blockbuster nostalgic. It's just... I went... We went loads. Did you? I I remember going in... I don't, and I remember where it, where it was, but I don't remember. We would we would go, really. we would go, and we'd we'd have like a family watch of something. We'd choose something to watch, and we'd buy like ice cream and stuff because they had snacks and stuff there. We'd buy it had we'd a have popcorn like a, thing. Yeah, we had like a family movie night, oh. like being at the cinema. But I remember not. getting, I remember but getting, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting Shrek from blockbuster one one or two i I don't remember which one but i remember when it came to blockbuster and we were like yes that's what everyone was queuing around the corner at blockbuster like it was (laughs) iphone 5 (laughs) 
But yeah, so basically with the advent of uh, P2P software, HTML, HTTP, HTTP, all these things, it became more possible because people also had the personal computer capacity to actually, well, initially like stream JPEGs, which is a weird concept, but yeah, it, it was really... You could stream JPEGs. Yeah. Thing called Streamworks. They would stream JPEGs. I don't fully know what that means, but... And then it became MPEGs, which is, yeah. We don't use MPEGs anymore. Isn't cause... that a tag on AO3? AO3's <laughs> 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 been banned in China. Hasn't everything. I, f- I was kind of surprised it hadn't already been. MPEG! <laughs> I'm good, aren't I? <laughs> That's very good. That's why I'm here. Uh, yeah. if, if you don't understand the don't, joke don't that Meg made, don't look congratulations for avoiding that knowledge. I can't speak for every other country, but I can speak for three countries that I know off the top of my head. I think the UK has a special place in like online streaming because so many of our freeview shows, our freeview channels are online and available just with ads for free. Like Channel 4, ITV, Channel 5, BBC. Yeah, all for free. No ads on BBC. Um, there more? Dave? (laughs) Sky has ads. Did you say Sky? No, I didn't say Sky. Yeah, you do have to pay for Sky, though. You have to pay for Sky. Oh, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I know that that's not... They should have been listening. (laughs) (laughs) I know that that kind of thing isn't really uh, available in the US. I know that that thing isn't available in Singapore. Like, the concept of online local channels in singapore is no i mean we do all those things you mentioned we get with a license fee and i think that's a better way of viewing things yeah but when everything gets put behind a paywall as well as having the license fee and you've also got this problem now of and it's happening a lot in animation especially where things get made they get put only on streaming services and physical media has stopped existing now yeah. and then when those streaming services take them take them away there's no evidence yeah. of a lot of people's work it yeah. can't be viewed anymore and it's a a lot of animators are really upset about yeah. it i don't know if you saw them and i don't know how real they were but did you see the tweet of the vaguely threatening tv license ads <laughs> the billboards that said things like we're alerted every time a household buys a TV, just so you know. Yes, I've. they are very, very militant. Yeah, they are. The thing is, it's, they're very, we know when you've not paid your licence fee and we're just letting you get away with it for the time being. Well, my mum has we'll a... we'll come to your house and we'll fuck you up. My mum has a friend without a TV, but they go to her address and say, you haven't paid your licence fee. And she's like, I don't have a TV just because I'm a... But I do think that it's it's like paying a tax on entertainment. And yeah. I, I prefer it like that yeah. than having to... I don't know. I think it brings a bit of community. I, everyone's forced to watch the same nice thing. It's nice to have something that's publicly owned. Yeah, it it is. That's how yeah. I view it. No, yeah, you're right. I My my brother's place, not to out them, they don't have a TV license and they've never really been... like faced with that being an issue like they've never Your come to their house brother lives in a very 60 percent of the population of the city your brother True. lives in is students and they might not bother going yeah. to houses where people move around so yeah. much it'd be diff- more difficult to- i remember my dad saying actually he when he's listened to this episode he will 
correct me on what I'm about to say, <laughs> but he said something about when he was at uni, them uh, cutting the plug off their TV so they could claim they didn't pay the TV license. And <laughs> and now the TV licensing people are going to listen to this <laughs> podcast, backdate it, <laughs> and find my dad. <laughs> uh, also, like, they the TV license people come to my uni building and like we have told them several times we're a university building there isn't there aren't tvs in here it's a it's an educational office building there are no tvs here they still keep sending letters they just don't i I don't know if the the whole system's a little bit not great or they just will relentlessly do it i bet that's what your life is though if you're one of the people that work for tv licensing and they send you out and you're like I've been to this university building every every year for the last five years, but they're making me go again. Yeah. Uh, so BBC iPlayer, which is I think one of the more well known ones, um, it's one of the older ones, isn't yeah. it? It's one of the first ones. Yeah, it's one of I think um, ITV actually might have beat them to it uh, from what I was reading. But so BBC iPlayer started first with. I actually remember this, where you couldn't watch stuff live on their service. You had to go there and download it. Then you could watch it. Yes, yeah. I, I do remember yes. yeah, and then about that. The next year, I think either 2007, 2008, they switched to being able to watch it on their website. So I'm When everyone's internet was getting better. Yeah. yeah. And Flash was invented. Flash was invented, yeah. <laughs> going to try and awkwardly circle back to the kids' TV thing. Sure. Whatever the truth is about kids not watching tv and i do think that those results are maybe i mean you know as we discussed it's one individual representing five thousand yeah but it would cost too much to do anything more specific than that well you could you could no that would cost too much to like put it on do a little tv census (laughs) it's the it's the cheapest way to to get accurate results but i think when it comes to very young kids i don't know how accurate that can actually be do you know what they're watching a lot of bluey youtube yeah my cousins love stupid shit on youtube like they'll just be like oh we watched this really cool thing on youtube and it's 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 like 10 most useless inventions i'm like oh my god yeah youtube <laughs> is an absolute nightmare for regulation well, it's a secondary level of redundant why am i watching a 10 minute video about the most useless things that have been invented it's not interesting sometimes i find myself on that corner of youtube and i actually feel my brain getting eaten yeah. away and i just have to log off there are lots of things as well that um kind of dangerous content that goes around on youtube but if it's not specifically listed as for yeah. children YouTube monitoring can't do anything about it. I mean, we've all seen that TED Talk. I think everyone in the world has seen that TED Talk at this point. What TED Talk? The the one about the YouTube algorithm throwing really awful things up at kids. Yeah. The thing is, you can can set your child's YouTube to be just for kids, but that's the thing. If they're coming across stuff and you've not done that, it introduces a level of responsibility on parents that they didn't used to have. And kids are more likely to find themselves on YouTube if they're watching ITVX Kids on an iPad. Yeah, so like YouTube kids, I, I only know with regard to one particular YouTuber. So Logan Paul breaks a bunch of kids laws within the UK. Um, and if you go on YouTube kids, if you search Logan Paul, nothing comes up. But if you take out the space, there he is. Like it's really not hard to get around the children gating that YouTubers tried to implement. Cause there's like, it was so much harder to do to, you know, when we were kids and like, you had only live TV and 
maybe a family computer the worst that ever happened to me was scrolling down and finding babe station <laughs> which, you know which I mean? is on the telly as well if you just go <laughs> yeah. like backwards yeah, yeah. <laughs> god it's gonna be a sad day when the decommissioned babe station <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's what all, am i gonna do of an evening it's all online now Meg. It's all <laughs> yeah on, yeah well <laughs> <laughs> give me a piece of paper <laughs> i mean i said on the very first episode of this podcast that it's one of the reasons I wanted to start it is because this country is very good at making really high quality children's content. And it's like a point of pride that we have, or we had three separate channels specifically for children. Yeah. Yeah. And now there's one because ITV has gone, sorry, CITV has gone and I think CBBS as well. Mm-hmm. And CBBC is also um set to be axed. Axed. when i think the end of next year i think oh. well, i'm not sure about that i i know that that's an option but and it's been discussed and i think it's really sad because yeah. me and my brother and sister have memories t- of watching things together yeah like it's just the atomization of culture and it's starting at age four now yeah. and i think it's a real shame it's not even just nostalgia it's that there used to be a level of equality like everyone had access to the same thing it wasn't like dependent on whether your family could a- could afford disney channel everyone had a tv so everyone had access to all the same tv shows obviously unless you're yeah. sky but <laughs> at the same at the same time you like you know, you still you still know of these programs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like you didn't watch these programs. They were available. They to were me. available yeah. to you. So it's sad. Now, now it's dependent if you have a good Wi-Fi connection. If you have multiple devices in your house, because maybe you, one of your parents is watching something and you want to watch it. Kids it, are going to get left behind. Yeah, I just I feel sad because there's so much policing done. Like this is a bit of a side thing, but did you see? today or yesterday i don't know if you follow lucy bowman on twitter but she retweeted um a bbc look north <coughs> um tweet to an article about a school in east road and i don't remember what school it was um that f- find or a child got sent home or got into trouble for instead of wearing the school issued version of a school skirt that they would get through the bought through the school or bought through you know the uniform supplier <laughs> it was from um it, i don't remember what it was from it's like primark it was a lower end yeah. a cheaper version of a skirt and a child got into trouble for wearing it yeah and it's like how can you do that to a child yeah because it, yeah. lucy beaumont's point was if that had happened to her, she would never have wanted to go to school again. Mm. And it's like, why are you punishing? I'm not. Why are you punishing children for something that's out of their control? And why are you punishing parents for trying their best? Yeah, my yeah. my primary school, you were like, you have to wear a white shirt and grey bottoms. We bought ours from Tesco. Yeah, it's like wherever you can get them from doesn't matter. And this made me so sad. And the fact that it's starting with really young kids. If some children have access to, because mm. not not all kids get taught things by their parents. Like some parents don't 
pay that much attention. Some are incredibly busy. Some are single parents. You know, it's everyone's home life is different. And there used to be two channels for very young kids that were mostly educational and everyone had that. Mm. And now the only, it makes a big difference at a young age, right? Some, some kids are going to be way ahead of others when they yeah. start school because of this. I don't, I don't think it happens much in this country, but I know some countries cap the Wi-Fi usage. So like I know in South Africa, I have friends that they can only use X gigabytes of, of broadband a month. Imagine if we had that. I don't. That we might on like much lower tiers of Wi-Fi or different companies I'm unaware of actually have that. In which case, if you wanted to watch ITVX Kids, you can't. Maybe yeah. you capped your Wi-Fi for you, the month. You yeah. literally can't. That watch is it. a very good point. That I didn't think of. Yeah, not all Wi-Fi is un- is unlimited. Like I don't know if my mum and dad do have unlimited Wi-Fi, but I know at a point they didn't. And I remember my dad coming home once um, during the school holidays and telling me off because I'd been on the computer all day and I was like I'm home alone. (laughs) (laughs) Laura tell us about um monopolies. Well yeah so so streaming services I'd never put it into this context right a lot of streaming services one of their main things that they really push forward is their own content right which when it was framed as this to me I was like oh I hate that right so it's type of sort of antitrust thing in 1948, the it started a little bit before this, but the final court date was in 1948. The US took a bunch of uh, production companies to court. Uh, they took MGM, well, it's called US versus Paramount Pictures, but they took MGM, Warner Bros., Fox, RKO, Universal, Columbia, United Artists. They took them to court because what they were doing, it's it was called um, vertical integration. Do you guys know what that is? No, no. So I did, this is some GCSE economics. When you, when you have a business, if you want to expand your business, there's a different directions you can go in and they each have different names. Vertical integration is owning other levels of the same sort of production line. So with movies, you have uh, production, distribution, and if either of you know, feel <laughs> free to chime in. Oh, uh, production, distribution, and exhibition. And exhibition. Yeah. Okay. So what was happening is the studios were buying up cinemas. So at this point in time, they owned 17% of the cinemas in the States and accounted for 45% of film revenue was just these studios. And the US government was like, "Mm, this is your, it was creating an oligopoly because there (laughs) were, yeah, I love that word oligopoly. (laughs) Basically an oligopoly is the supermarkets in the UK. (laughs) That's what Tolkien calls elephants. Uh, the the UK supermarket market, is supermarket a, market, supermarket market is an oligopoly because you have uh, several big parties owning huge chunks of it, right? Yeah. So it was the same situation here. Um, they were colluding to own the market in a way that gave them all the money and all of the control. And the US government was like, no. Uh, and it took them a while, but they did win in the end. And they just tried to stop them from squashing independent things squashing foreign films all all these other things and in particular one thing called um block buying which i don't think would happen now but it's basically when uh especially an independent cinema would be forced to buy a whole parcel of films from one production studio without even knowing what they were they wouldn't even wow. see like they would just so they would give them good movies and then shit movies that they just had to purchase and then do nothing with um, and so they, they made it stop. 
and it, it surprisingly actually worked. Like, it's so weird to hear of the US government taking these companies to task because that just doesn't happen anymore. And I think that the same fucking thing is happening with streaming <laughs> because you have Netflix making Netflix shows and only exhibiting them on Netflix. It's the same thing. They're owning all the stages and forcing out non-Netflix content, suppressing things that are then not going to go anywhere, right? So, like, the animation thing you said. Yeah. It's a, it's a walled garden. Yeah. And then, like, Disney as well. Disney's probably the main one that's doing this because they're gatekeeping media that used to be, like, very loved by lots of people. And it's like, you you might not even be able to buy DVDs of some Disney films. You can only get it on Disney+. Plus. I personally think this is illegal antitrust operations. My brother did say when I was talking to him about this, he was like, it feels weird to tell a company that they can't host their own content. But I think... No, because you wouldn't be saying you can't host your own content. You'd be saying you cannot have your content exclusively hosted on your platform. Yeah. That's what you'd be saying. And then, uh, so after this stuff was um, put into place... There was like a 60% increase in independent cinemas and foreign films and independent films. Oh, that's amazing. Lords, like there's really genuinely good things that came of it. They actually in 2019 repealed it. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Like I didn't know that. I thought the future was bright. (laughs) I didn't know that until I was doing this. They they were like, in the next few years, we're going to repeal this. It's called like sunsetting this decree. Um, and so it now means that well, they, the reason they said was because they don't think that it could happen in the modern cinema scape. I think that's bullshit because it is just happening with streaming services. Yeah. I mean, ITV is not publicly owned, but mm. supported by adverts and anyone can watch anything on ITVX, mm-hmm. but there is a paid version to get, to get it without ads. Yeah. yeah. Which is, wasn't Netflix? Are they still trialing that, or did it have too much backlash? They I'm were going not to in- sure. they were going to introduce ads, weren't they? Yeah, and then you had to pay. So you had to pay for Netflix with ads, and then you had to pay a premium to have it yeah. without ads. And then it's like you have to pay a premium for the screens, this, that, the other, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I just think that. Because, like, I, I remember when Netflix and stuff first was a thing, and it was like, oh, this is awesome. You have so much TV in this one place. You don't have to pay that much for it. We can watch so many things from so many places by so many different people. I know that there's obviously the whole the whole side of it that is currently being sh- – the whole strikes are about them not getting paid properly, the dividends from streaming stuff being terrible. But acknowledging that, but then also being like, oh, this is an amazing place with loads and loads of stuff now – there's a fraction of the stuff, and if you want the same access to things, you have to pay for, like, five different fucking services. And it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I do that? Like, fuck that. What's your favourite one at the minute, though? I generally, because we don't have Sky, do, at the moment, default to Now TV because I love Sky's originals. I think they're yeah, really they're good. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And also that includes um hbo which yeah. we do not have in the uk yeah. it's just sky sky atlantic so I think. sky atlantic yeah. Yeah. i like that now tv encompasses those yeah but now tv probably is the widest gambit of stuff yeah it's got a lot on it they used to have well obviously they split it into different packages so if you wanted everything that now tv offers it's really expensive but there's so many now that like 
the easiest way to find out where to watch something is just to type it into Google oh, yeah. and Google will tell you where you Google can watch has, it. Google has, yeah. they put a little button, watch film, like where to watch the film. Yeah. And it... um, my favourite is Box of Broadcasts, which <laughs> is a service you can hack into if you have someone else's uni details. Yeah. Or if your uni's not locked you out yet. Yes, mine has. And it's basically got screen records of everything ever for educational purposes so i once watched the shining with adverts from channel four and they're they're actually fun to watch as well i didn't mind the adverts yeah because there are things that were on in like 2010 and it's like i remember that advert and it's like a real wormhole like it's a real trip down memory lane the only thing i ever found with bob was that it wasn't but I never found it particularly user-friendly. Yeah. It's no, a little, it's not. It's a little, yeah. Especially their search is quite dreadful. Especially it's... because I used it the most in my first year of uni when we lived in halls, had halls Wi-Fi. And my room was next <laughs> to the uh, elevator shaft, which blocked out a lot of internet yeah. connection in my room. So it was hard it's to do anything. It's very good for kids' TV, for old yeah. kids' TV. If you can't find it on YouTube, you will find it on Bob. Or things that the BBC have taken off of iPlayer. Because like, Sadie I- Sadie J that we could not access on iPlayer and you can't get a DVD of it either they were going to release a DVD of it and then they didn't bother so thank you to whoever (laughs) recorded that and uploaded it to YouTube because I I watched and then there were none because I I really really loved the recent BBC adaptation but it wasn't on iPlayer it wasn't on any streaming service what about BritBox I couldn't download it the thing is did (laughs) Am I wrong in thinking BritBox used to be free or used to be less expensive? Because my mum and dad had it for a while and it was quite good, but they got rid of it because... I don't know if it used to be free. It used to... The thing about BritBox was that it was everything in one place, Mm. but a lot of the stuff that you could get on BritBox, you could also get on the individual free streaming services. I've never used BritBox. most, Most of my interaction with BritBox is going... Like, you search for something, it says it's on Amazon Prime. You click through and it's like... $7.99 $7.99 with BritBox. Yeah, BritBox is mostly good for people not in the UK that want to watch British the Great Day. British Bake Off okay, or yeah. something. Because they don't have iPlayer. So. This is a whole thing as well with, um, not to bring sport into it, but the Premier League and it choosing to air some things on some some things on Prime and some things on Now TV. And like, so... There's already like big contention about the fact that so like for example in the UK you can't then they they they're not allowed to broadcast three pm kickoffs, um, but they are allowed to broadcast them outside the UK. So if you live outside the UK, you can watch more football, more British football <laughs> than if you live in the UK. And there's like. I don't know. I feel like it's just a matter of time before they come out with their own sport streaming yeah. service because it's like you can pay for Sky Sports, you can pay for BT Sport and still not access all the sport, which just feels yeah. really jank. It's like I'm yeah. paying so much money and I still can't access everything. I'm going to let's all try together to bring this to a close. Okay. I'm not sure how to wrap it up, but I know that I need to put some water in my body, so god it's nothing free anymore it's hard it, it, nothing was ever free nothing was ever free man. i didn't ask to be here actually primary school was free 
We had to pay for books and yeah, clothes. Yeah, and you got told and... off if you weren't wearing the right kind of skirt, Laura. Literally nothing has ever been free. <laughs> Never mind. Is that all we're going to leave this on? Nothing's ever free. Everything costs money. Only two things in life are certain. Death and taxes. Yeah. Who said that, folks? Don't know. I Some can't fella. remember. Benjamin Franklin. Was it? I have no idea. I'm just guessing. We- yes, it was. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Written by American statesman <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. Yes. I do. I you're, you're amazing. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna end it on that because yeah. that's actually uplifting. And if we carry on on this subject, we're going to bring ourselves down again. Nothing's free, but you can guess things sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> our, our joy just then free. Yeah. Oh, that was nice. You can find us on... <laughs> Instagram at Thoughts TV, but the O is a zero. You can find us on Twitter at Thoughts underscore underscore TV. And you can email us at Thoughts TV 2002 at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for being here with me, guys. I'd yeah. tell you to sign a petition, but it's already gone. You can find it on ITVX Kids, though. If Bye. You have, if you'd <laughs> like to give even more money than the money you give to your streaming services, <laughs> and we're not a big corporation, we are poor. You can <laughs> you can access bonus content by giving us money too. Yeah. Wherever you get your podcasts. Links, I was Oh, your links. <laughs> Wherever you get your exclusive content. <laughs> See you in two weeks, everyone. Bye. Bye.